Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage are with you every step of the way. They provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855-21-4227. Coming up at 11.40 a.m. Eastern, 8.40 a.m. Pacific, Jared Greenberg. Good morning, America. And good morning to Anthony Pierno, because I'm going to go off on a rant good about Rob Manfred morning. and Major League Baseball. But I want Pierno with me right now. Sorry, Pierno, I was talking right over you. I apologize. Tell everybody good morning again. Good morning, America. It's wonderful to speak to you, Pierno. It's wonderful to hear your voice. Pierno, you give us the top five topic every week, and the top five has been sensational over the last few weeks. Let me let me give you proper credit where it's due. You've been terrific with it. I mean absolutely outstanding. So that means a lot. Are you going to do our top five topic this week? What is it? Well, it's the first show in the month of October, and I know you're a big uh, Halloween fan, and so am I. So my goal is for this month is to do Halloween themed top fives. So I have a couple already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so therefore, we're going to start off today with the top five Halloween movies. So when I say Halloween movies, I'm going to put that in the category of the horror-slash-thriller genre. Ooh, okay. All right, top five Halloween movies. So we're going to try to do Holly, um, Halloween-themed ones here in the month of October. I have another one for certain that we'll use, but I'll wait closer to the actual uh, holiday, October 31st. Okay. But uh, if people want to uh, chime in with their suggestions for the month of October, I'm willing to take them on Twitter at Tony Pierno, P-I-E-R-N-O. You could tweet (laughs) at me there. Uh, Okay, now i got to think. So it's not just actually like the Halloween, the movie Halloween. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. I wanted to make sure. I've only seen a handful of them. I've not seen the whole catalog. And uh, I'm not going to give away what I can sell. One of them is going to be in there. I guarantee one of them is going to be in there. Okay, that's a fantastic one, Pierno. That is absolutely fantastic. You know, Hickey, I'm going to have to give Hickey hell later because I wanted to last week, and I was like, ah, it's still September. And he was having a rough day as it was anyway, so I decided to let up on him. But he hates <laughs> Halloween. He hates Halloween. Do you know that? The Pier- no, I had no Halloween. idea. I said, he goes, well, he, like, he was, we were talking one day last week. He's like, what's your favorite holiday? I'm like, because I'm like, oh, man, October's here. This is going to be great. And he, and he goes, your favorite holiday is Halloween. I go, oh, yeah, 100% by far. And he's like, oh, Halloween's so overrated. It's terrible. I'm like, well, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. We'll talk about this later. Do you still I get dressed up? There later. Uh, I always want to. And then it's, dude, you get busy. 
And well, now that you have kids, because I know like a lot of families yeah. will do, yeah. uh, no, you know, group yeah, costumes. That's what, that's what I meant. Yeah. No, you want to. And it's like, man, it's it's hard. It's just hard because you you you, you want to give them the proper one. Because I honestly, I feel this way about it. If I get him, because I wanted to do something where he loves the Undertaker. So I wanted him to be the Undertaker. You could be Paul Bearer. And I was going to be Paul Bearer. Ah. But then I'm going, wait a minute, wait. Is this about me or is this about him? Okay? And plus, <laughs> I don't like walking around in dress shoes for a long time. <laughs> There's a lot more. I'm, I'm doing just as much walking as Paul Bearer was doing. And I was going to do the whole thing. I was going to get an urn, the whole deal. Ah, that'd, like be so that'd be so good. That'd be so good. Which, by the way, I have a buddy. I got to be careful I say this. I have a buddy who works... In a major wrestling promotion. Have I told you this story yet? Uh, I don't think so. I have a buddy who's in a major wrestling promotion, and his grandfather had passed away. And his grandfather passed away when we're all adults. And so he has the wake at his house. He's married, he's got kids, the whole thing. He has the wake for his grandfather at his house. Well, my friend has like five brothers. And so they're all there. It's a huge deal. And the the grandfather was cremated. So they take Grandpa and they put him up on, to, on the mantle over the fireplace. My friend, who is not a very big person but can drink like a fish, ends up having one too many or about five too many and just starts messing around with the family. They were appalled because he gets Grandpa's <laughs> urn. And he starts walking around with his <laughs> grandfather's urn going, oh! and they all know, they all know he's a major, he's a, it's, it's well known. The man's a major wrestling fan. He works for a wrestling company. It's a big, and he's, his brothers are loving it. And he's walking, because his brothers are egging him on. His wife was disgusted. The whole family, people are starting to leave because he's walking around with his grandfather's ashes going, <laughs> and then his brother, his brother, to make things worse, lays on the couch, and people are just staring at them all. They are in just their jaws are dropping, and he just goes, "Rise!" <laughs> and his brother like gets up like he's the Undertaker. And this is again, this isn't just some urn. This isn't. Just, it's the grandfather where the wake they're at. They're all paying homage to. Some of the family thought it was funny, including my friend's dad, but. The rest of the family was totally and completely disgusted. And I don't know. There are some people in the family who have not talked to him since. <laughs> so just letting you know, there's Paul Bear stories out there somewhere. 216-578-0092. I had an idea a couple years ago, and I wanted to bring this. By the way, we'll do the top five Halloween movies coming up at uh, 1120 a.m. Eastern, 820 a.m. Pacific. I had an idea like this a couple years ago, and I know that baseball people are very protective of their postseason, and rightfully so. They should be. It's it's a major thing to make the postseason. This year, I feel good for the Padres. The Padres fans are excited about it. And you got a fun team. You should. Fernando Tatis Jr. is a lot of fun, and there's just a lot of good things to be heartwarmed about. Yet, I thought this a couple years ago. Instead of five teams, make it six. Make it a 16 postseason on either side. And my reasoning for it was simple. 
you get a chance to have more postseason baseball, which people watch postseason baseball for the reasons they say they don't watch regular season baseball. Boring becomes anticipation. The the little inside decisions that are made, those go differently. It's it's a totally different mindset for a regular sports fan to watch postseason baseball than to watch regular season baseball. And you start to believe in the nooks and the crannies. And the and the real fun part about it, and this this is what drives good baseball people crazy. And I get it from their end because they live it, they breathe it, it's an everyday thing. But the fun part about it is that people break down postseason baseball games like they would a football game. So you hear boiling hot takes that are not real, that are not true. Because of postseason baseball in whatever market you're in. And it does, I have to admit, it makes it a little bit more fun. Because it's action-packed. It's a it, it's a high-energy moment. There's a lot of pressure on that. I like that. I like it a lot. And I thought, why not just add one more? Give me six. Because then you have a reason where you have a sport where there's so many teams that are out of it halfway through the year. Even by Memorial Day, there's teams that are out of it. Now, you look at a, you look at certain markets. Give me the middle markets in America. Give me Kansas City, who has a World Series championship here in the last decade, but Kansas City. Give me Cleveland. Give me Detroit, where before Mike Illich passed away, sadly, they were spending like crazy because they were trying to get Mike Illich a World Series before he went. But now in that market, are they going to be the type of team that, that pays that type of money? Pittsburgh is in that mix. Colorado, even though they paid Arenado, Colorado is in that mix. So many other teams. Give me those because I want to put a team like that and I want to put the pressure on them to do what's necessary to get into the postseason. There's so many fan bases that are tortured by ownership. They don't spend the money here. They want to keep up with the Joneses. They want to keep up with New York. They want to keep up with the Dodgers. They want to do those things, and they can't. Well, now if you have an extra slot for postseason baseball, you can grease the rail a little bit more to get that team to go, you know, we're only a couple of games back. We're here. It's August. We're, we're getting ready for August, I should say. It's July. We're getting ready for August in a regular season. Let's let's make this move. Let's see if we can go for the gusto. Let's see if we can get lucky here and there. Maybe maybe this addition, we got, we got some time left in the season. Maybe this addition is really going to work. And I think it's good for the regular fan who's not a fan of the Yankees or the Dodgers or, or the Cubs recently, the major spenders in baseball. Maybe it makes it a little bit easier for them. Makes it a little bit easier for them to believe in their team, to be behind their team, to go and watch their team play, spend money on watching their team play, and be involved and be a fan of that team. Because if you're an involved fan of whatever team you are, you're bound to spend money on that team. It's just science. We all know it. One more team gives me a chance to create more stories. I get to create more stars. I get to find guys who show up big in October baseball and do big and play in big moments and do big things for their teams. And I get to create more stars who could possibly, because they were in a big moment in postseason baseball, maybe I can make those guys and put those guys in, in big television ads, put them in big television series. Because I look across baseball and I keep what where are the stars? Mike Trout is like the Wizard of Oz. He's hiding behind a curtain. And plus, I can't get him into the postseason anyway. Where are the stars? Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is a star. He plays in New York. That's that's fish in a barrel. Do I see him all over billboards? Do I see him all over regular television in Tulsa, Oklahoma? I don't know if I do, though. Giancarlo Stanton, I don't. 
Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper's a great heel, but for that's for baseball fans. A lot of people just look at them and say, hey, the Nats made a great move, and that's tough for the Phillies. Where are my stars? If I add an extra team, and yes, this is a total excuse to, to put the L.A. Angels in over the last few years, fine. I, I get more Mike Trout. I get to watch the best player in this generation, and maybe ever by the time it's all said and done, the, the, the greatest all-around baseball player ever. I get a chance to put him in the postseason, get a chance to put him up at the plate with two on and two out and the bottom of the eighth inning where they need to get this one over at home. The place is packed. They're all pulling for him. And then I have a great big deep bomb to left field and the place goes crazy and the broadcasters, they they pull out and they let all the fans go. I get to tell that story with one more team. You know what I get with eight teams? I get something that's watered down that nobody cares about. I get a crapshoot for postseason baseball. I get something that's told to me where now making the postseason, fans won't care. Your first time, they might care, like the Padres. If I get eight teams, if you just keep making the postseason as the eighth team or the seventh team, you are telling your ownership you don't have to spend money. You are telling your fan base that, yeah, we'll make the postseason anyway, so you don't have to come out to regular season baseball games. You don't have to spend the money. Hell, you don't even have to watch. You don't have to pay as much attention during the regular season. What's the point of playing 162 games if you're going to have an eight-team postseason on either side? Leave it to professional baseball. Leave it to Major League Baseball to take a good idea where I just had one more. And I said in the tease, I, I said a little, not all this, Rob, to take one more and just turn it into something terrible. And where you also create more problems for your game, and, and one of the major reasons you've had problems with this team, with, with baseball in general, is because I, I looked at what happened over this last week where and my, my co-host, he, stu- he stumbled on it, Anthony Lyman, he's a brilliant man. where he wondered whether or not, in just our situation, let me use this example, he wondered whether or not Shane Bieber was a little bit amped up because it was the Yankees. The Indians were playing the Yankees in their wild card series. And Shane Bieber, who's the leader for the American League, Cy Young, who's had a remarkable season, was not on in that series on Tuesday night, in his start on Tuesday night. He was up against Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's pitched in big moments. He really hasn't. Shane Bieber, that was his first postseason start. First postseason outing, and maybe it was a little up because it was the Yankees. And I thought for a second, I go, it can't be the Yankees. They're professional. I went, no, he's right. Because in other sports, basketball players were told all the time. In the NBA, they're sentient beings. They go here, they go there. I don't know if anybody really grew up wanting to be a Miami Heat basketball player. We all grew up wanting to play with the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan. But people go to Miami. Lakers, eh, well, with LeBron, yeah. Clippers, no, not a chance in hell. But they're there because they're sentient beings. They can do what they want. In the NFL, Patrick Mahomes can do whatever he wants. I don't think Patrick Mahomes pines to play for the Dallas Cowboys. I think he's pretty good with the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think he's in a good spot with them, and he'll be in a good spot for the future. Aaron Rodgers, once you get to it, maybe it's not that same way. Nobody wants to play for other teams when they're getting paid and they're being taken care of because there's a salary cap in the NFL. In Major League Baseball, there are players on teams in Kansas City, in Pittsburgh, in Cleveland, in Detroit, in Minnesota, even though they have spent recently, in Minnesota, 
where there are guys on those teams who believe and know that if they play well, they could end up on the Yankees. They'll get their payday. They'll get to play for the New York Yankees. Do we understand how messed up that is? And this has been going on for 60 years. This has been going on since since the Kansas City A's, since the Kansas City Royals became, became baseball teams. That if you play well enough here, maybe someday, because our team can't afford you, we'll be able to trade you to the New York Yankees, who then will be able to afford you. And then your ship will finally come in. Instead of setting down roots with these baseball teams in these places like they do in the NFL, creating stars, creating people that we're interested in. Baseball has massive problems, and that's a salary cap problem. And you want to take it to an eight-game playoff where I water down 162, where there's no trade fund anymore because teams will just say, well, if we make the postseason, we'll still make the postseason. Then we'll see where it is where there's no real push. Instead of a six-game postseason that adds – or a 16 postseason that adds a little more. A little more heat, a little more controversy, a little more drama. Leave it to Major League Baseball to take a good idea. No, leave it to Rob Manfred. And I know, you got to make your money up. Get it? Yeah, I got it. Leave it to Major League Baseball, leave it to Rob Manfred to take a good idea and to completely ruin it, just like he's done his entire career with Major League Baseball, just like he's done with his entire tenure as the commissioner of Major League Baseball. I don't know if you've ever seen the poor decisions of Todd Margaret. The man is a real-life Todd Margaret. He is a man who makes worse and worse and worse and worse decisions until the season's over. That's all Rob Manfred has done. you got to get your money. We all understand it. To put eight teams in a postseason, you're going to kill your own product. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Jared Greenberg, 1140 a.m. Eastern, 840 a.m. Pacific. Up next, top five, the top five Halloween movies. Pierno, I love you. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. Uh, getting word from Adam Schefter that... Cam Newton has tested positive for COVID. They were supposed to leave at 1 p.m. Eastern. They're now testing everybody, seeing if they can fly. They're supposed to head to Kansas City to play tomorrow against the Chiefs. We'll keep uh, keep you updated as much as we can. I know Marco Belletti will have the very latest coming up in the update. Guess we might see the Jared Stidamera a little bit earlier than some of us thought. I thought he might have his own Tom Brady 2.0 scenario cooked up. I didn't know it was going to be over the COVID, though. So we'll get to that coming up here momentarily. But, yeah, for all you fantasy football guys out there, Cam Newton – not going to be playing tomorrow. Not going to be playing tomorrow. All right. You ready, Pierno? I am ready. Top five Halloween movies. This is tough, as it always is. Month of October's here. It's spooky season. Pierno, you get us going in ascending order, of course. All righty. So number five for me, I'm going with Scream, directed by the legendary Wes Craven. Really gave a shot to the in the arm to the genre at the time because it wasn't just about gory killings anymore. It was clever, it was scary, and it was funny all at the same time. It's a parody of the horror movie genre. At one point, Randy cites the rules to surviving a horror movie. It, it was self-aware. That's what made the uh, movie so great. And then, of course, the opening scene is classic. It was shocking and powerful because here you have Drew Barrymore, who is the biggest name cast in the movie, and she was dead within the first 10 minutes of the film. So scream at number five. (laughs) Number four, The Exorcist. 
Again, this thing came out in 1973, so it totally pushed the limits with the type of graphic imagery that it, would, it featured at the time. Nothing like it had been seen before on the big screen. Uh, William Friedkin directed... He also directed one of my favorite movies of all time, which is The French Connection. And this guy did some wild things on the set with the actors. If people know the background of The Exorcist, like he fired off a gun with the loaded blanks to scare the actors. And then yes. he would capture the reaction on film. He, he's sla- slapping an actor in the face before yelling action to get like an emotional performance. Of course, Linda Blair is tremendous. She was 13 years old at the time. Just the characters are realistic. They're believable. And and, I mean, what can you say about the special effects? They're still effective today. They're Sensation. amazing what they did back yeah. in 1973. Number three, I, uh, you know, we're doing this list. You need one from the master of suspense, Alfred Hitchcock. A lot to choose from with him, but my favorite Hitchcock movie is Rear Window. Uh, James Stewart, Grace Kelly. I love how it just all the action is conv- confined to the single apartment, Stewart's apartment. Uh, for those that don't know, he's a news photographer. He's confined to his wheelchair because he has a broken leg, and he passes the time by watching the people who live in the other apartments overlooking his courtyard. And then he believes he's witnessed one of his neighbors, who um, played by Raymond Burr, kills his wife. And then my favorite scene, there's so many great scenes in that movie, but when Raymond Burr, the Thorwald, uh, Thorwald realizes that he's being watched by Jeff and he heads over to his apartment, it's just so intense there's no music that's being played. A lot of directors would use music to try to make that scene really uh, tense. But there's no music. You just hear Thorwald's footsteps. Then he shuts off the lights in the hallway. And then again, we hear the footsteps as he climbs towards the apartment. And of course, Jeff, he's helpless because he's stuck in the wheelchair. It just It's amazing. It's smart. I mean, just, you know, Jimmy Stewart, another great acting performance out of him. Uh, because, you know, again, Jeff, he's looking at all his neighbors here during this whole time. And there's, very, and there's very little dialogue, but we still, because of how great Hitchcock is, we could still know what's going on in all these people's lives. And we know what Jeff is thinking about it because of the expressions on his face. Just Jimmy Stewart, amazing. Number two, Rosemary's Baby, Roman Polanski wow. classic. Mia Farrow is amazing. Ruth Gordon, who plays Minnie, (laughs) won an Academy Award in this for Best Actress in a Supporting Role. And what I love about it, it doesn't use your typical horror tropes. It just Mia Farrow's paranoia and the feeling of losing control is what makes it terrifying because it's relatable. You can put yourself in her shoes. So Rosemary's Baby, number two. And then number one, I gotta go, John Carpenter, the original Halloween. It's a classic. The pace, the look of it. You know, this was an independent film. It was just, it was made for a little over $300,000. And it was the most successful one until the Blair Witch Project came out in 1999. But, and, and that's what I love about that low budget feel to it. Just, Makes it almost feel more authentic, and I just love how there's there's no big motive here for Michael. It's just like he's an evil person that kills people, and it's just something that feels like it could happen in real life, which makes it scarier for me. And the fact that we don't see a whole lot of uh, Myers, so that mystery there makes it scary. And then, of course, this theme music is classic. So John Carpenter, 1978, Halloween, number one. 
I think you're fantastic there. There's a couple of movies that I wanted to put on here, but I, I got to tell you, they're so scary. I wasn't able to make it all the way through when I was younger because I'm an only child, which probably explains a lot to a lot of people. Uh, but all my cousins and everybody, they were all older. So I hung out with a lot of older people when I was younger. So I got all the dirty jokes before all my friends did in like kindergarten and first grade. And they watched The Omen in front of me. They wa- I was like, five, I'm as old as my son, my oldest son is now. Five years old. They're watching The Omen. They're watching Rosemary's Baby. And I, no, no, not, not a chance. Not a chance. I can't, I couldn't enjoy them because I'm so terrified. And part of it is that I can't, like I'm an adult now, but I can't watch them now as an adult because it, it, my childhood, it ruined it for me. I was that afraid. Same thing with a lot of uh, Freddy Krueger movies, a lot of a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street. So I, I'm going to go and say Silence of the Lambs was close, not on there. There is a great movie that is with Brent Carver. It's not that scary. It's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow with Brent Carver from 1999. It's very good. Very good. Great acting in there. Um, there's that. I'm going to say at number five, Sleepy Hollow, Johnny Depp. Christina Ricci. I know you hate that, don't you? I saw it once. I've seen it a bunch of times, and I love it. I love it. I love. I love how it's done. Uh, the the darkness that's there. I love. I love it when there's always that sense of foreboding. There's always that darkness in there, and it's going to carry to number four. Have you seen Robert Eggers' The Witch? No, I have not. It is awesome. I think Robert Eggers. Is probably the next the next Wes Craven, but different, different in the setup. The again the darkness when he did the lighthouse. The lighthouse is phenomenal, just phenomenal. Willem Dafoe. It will take you to another level of respect for Willem Dafoe, like you don't even have already. But it, it it's also the same thing. I would say the same thing with Robert Pattinson. I think the lighthouse was great. Uh, it would almost made this level, but it didn't because I just find the movie so enjoyable for the most part. Uh, but it was close, but I put The Witch there at number four. Number three, The Exorcist. Th- without you said it all, I don't even need to say any more. Number three is The Exorcist. Number two, this is difficult to put in during Halloween, but I put in The Shining. Now, you did you or did you not leave The Shining off? I left it off, but it definitely I was in consideration. Okay. I, I put The Shining in there. I, I love, 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 love The Shining. Uh, Jack Nicholson is my favorite actor ever. Uh, what the 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 test of how you know a man's descent is going to go into madness? Fantastic. the The hotel that just the, the seclusion, everything. Can't say it enough. And there's moments in there that are actually funny. About give me the bat. I'm gonna beat your brains in the whole thing. It's funny. <laughs> it made me laugh. Okay, it did. Uh, number one, Halloween. Halloween. And what Donald Pleasance in that movie is fantastic. Uh, the the just the feeling, and you notice by the way, there is no blood in that movie. In in the original Halloween, there is no blood. Isn't that nuts? I thought that was a good. I, okay, maybe I'm the only one who thought that was pretty incredible. I thought you know, there's no, you always think that movie is gory, and there's no blood in that movie. That's how well done that movie is. So. In descending order, number one, Halloween, number two, Shining, number three, The Exorcist, number four, The Witch, number five, Sleepy Hollow. That is the top five as we go into the month of October. 
855-212-4CBS. According to Andrew Filipponi, I actually throw out my local number. I do that sometimes. 855-212-4CBS. We'll get back to that coming up in a bit. And, yes, Cam Newton has tested positive for COVID. We watch. We see what they're going to do with the rest of the Patriots. They're testing, according to Adam Schefter, they're testing the rest of the Patriots. We'll let you know as soon as we can on the status of everybody else because they were supposed to leave at 1 p.m. right now that that plane has been grounded to head to Kansas City. Right now, as far as we know, that plane has been grounded. Up next, Jared Greenberg going to join us. We'll talk NBA Finals with him. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Reaching out to Jared Greenberg, try to get him as soon as we can. Cam Newton goes down because of COVID. Not, goodness gracious, is out this week because of COVID. He's been listed as out because of COVID. Uh, I do not see yet, and I've been looking, I've been scouring, I do not see yet who might be his exact replacement. Some people are thinking Brian Hoyer. Some people are actually thinking they could go with Jared Stidham. Uh, I, I, Gosh, I thought this, and I wanted to do it later in the show. I wanted to do it 140 today. I might end up doing it right now. I think that Bill Belichick already has his own Tom Brady number two or Tom Brady 2.0 rule going on. With what they've done with Cam Newton, and again, you hope that Cam Newton's able to be healthy because if you can go with Cam Newton, you probably would go with Cam Newton. But with the way this season started, it's not where you go to Cam Newton. I think, and forgive me if I'm wrong, Patriots fans, it might have been Scott Zolak, it might have been somebody else. Because I know whoever said it got crushed. But somebody had brought up where they would go to Stidham regardless at some point. I think they'll probably run Cam Newton as much as they possibly can, play Cam Newton as much as they possibly can after this. If he's able to go in week five, if he's able to go in week six, they'll play Cam Newton as much as they can. And if they get to a point naturally where they have to go to Jarrett Stidham because of an injury or something like this, then they'll go to Jared Stidham, or they would go Brian Hoyer than Jared Stidham if they wanted to. There's something about the guy that they just really, really like. And it does feel Tom Brady's one in a million. He's once in a generation. I know all that stuff. But it does feel like there is an affinity for him, that there is something that Bill Belichick really, really, really likes about him and has a special feeling, a la the same type of special feeling when he argued with his own assistant coaches about keeping four quarterbacks on the roster because he knew Brady wasn't ready to play then, but he knew he thought he was going to be ready to play in the future. Did he think he was going to be able to be that good? No. But there's something that the kid has to him that he wants to see more of. And without this, because when Tom Brady left, well, we all thought that it was going to be Jared Stidham time, even though I, I kept saying and kept saying and kept saying Cam Newton's out there. You still want to give this guy a shot. He's still he's built like a Greek god. There's still a chance you can work with this guy. Finally, they make that signing. But a, a lot of people thought it was just going to be Stidham. Without a preseason, any offseason program of note, OTAs, anything like that, Belichick is far from stupid. And he's far from wanting to put guys in a bad position, no matter if he thinks they're the future or not. Most of us, we think a guy's a quarterback of the future. Well, you got to start that guy. Not with Bill Belichick. If he thinks the guy can go at some point in the future, then maybe he'll put him in there. But with without that preseason, without any of the, uh, the, uh, the joint practices or any of the other real training camp that you would get, I thought it would probably be, yeah, this is kind of like Jared Stidham's preseason. 
And Bill Belichick's proven it a bunch of times, he and Josh McDaniels, credit where it's due, where they can change an offensive game plan very quickly and still be able to play well. For this game, and I know it's a different conversation, for this game, this is one of the things that we're just going to have to deal with through this. Colleges have had to deal with it, rescheduling games, postponing games, canceling games. And the NFL, this is something we're going to have to deal with. I don't think you can treat it like a loss with anybody. I think you can only treat it as maybe a tie. And maybe that's the one you want to use it with. 855-212-4CBS. That's the only thing I think you can do. If you have if you have teams, and these two teams won't be the only one, I don't know what's going to happen with Kansas City and New England yet. I'm not speculating just yet. If everybody else is good, maybe they decide to give it a go, but these things, they might take a little bit of time to develop. If everybody's good to go, maybe they do play. It's going to be interesting to see how the NFL wants to do this. Because I don't know if I can just advocate, well, play the game. The game's right there. I want to play the game. If you, if, if you can reschedule the game and play the game later, then go ahead and do so. We can do with two less games if we really need to. It's going to be scary to give Kansas City a little bit of an extra breather. But they'll have to make that up on the back end. Same thing with New England. Neither team wants to have to do this. Yet, if that's what has to be done, because I don't know and I can't speculate on who else might have it, who else might not have it, according to these reports, and Pierno, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, I know you're running around like crazy back there. But according to all this, it doesn't seem as if other Patriots have it right now. I don't know what their plans are going to be, but it's something worthwhile to discussing. I'm just thinking of the long-term thought process with the New England Patriots. Part of me does want to see the game, one, because you're a football fan. The other one is is where you, you kind of want to see what either Brian Hoyer, where we've seen Brian Hoyer games before, but the thought process in going with Brian Hoyer may be over Jared Stidham. Do you want to go up against Kansas City? Do you want to put him into the ground against Kansas City? That might be something where, okay, Brian can take care of the football. You're going up against Kansas City. We want to control the football. We want to be able to control the clock. We want to be able to run them down, not get put the football, even though the Patriots' defense has gotten so much better over the last couple of years, and I mean that. You don't want to put the football in Patrick Mahomes' hands and all of a sudden be down three scores by the time you get a chance to blink. Be able to hand the football off to Sony Michelle and see where you can go from there. 855-2124-CBS. I mean, that's, that's the very best part you can think of there. As far as I know right now, and Pierno has just texted me this. This is true, right, Pierno? You can say it on the air. No other players besides Cam. Is that correct? That is correct. So is that official that no other players have tested positive? They've all been negative well, except for Cam. Well, that's being reported by Schefter. Okay, well, well, that's I should say that's what I mean. Not necessarily official. I do mean Schefter basically being official. So everybody else is negative except for Cam Newton is what we're, is what we're told, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so everybody else is negative. They're standing by waiting word on whether or not to travel. I don't want to turn it into a weird conversation on whether or not they should travel to Kansas City. I would tend to say you don't. I would tend to say you don't. If everybody's negative, though, you don't want to sit there and waste the time because Kansas City has a bye week schedule. The the New England Patriots have a bye week scheduled. And both of these teams know, for Kansas City, if they were to somehow lose to New England, it makes no damn bit of difference at all in whether or not they're going to make the postseason. New England, I really think the same thing. Belichick's worth four or five wins in his own right. Cam Newton helping him out would probably be worth another couple of wins in his own right. I think that's a playoff team anyway. 
Right now, I put New England in the playoffs. Maybe they might feel different. Maybe Patriots fans might feel a little bit different about that. But for both of these teams, if either one of these teams lose this game, I don't think it has that big of an impact compared to where they would be if one of these teams were, were re- in a real dogfight for the postseason. New England's 2-1. and one. You got a lot of good things for you. I would still consider you to be a wild card team. The Bills have proven that they can do something there. I think that they made a huge statement against the Rams last week. I think that both of those teams have proven one with New England with their history and because of Belichick and because of Josh McDaniels. The Bills, because of what they were just able to do, I think both, again, in one game where one had to lose, I think both those teams made a statement last week with Buffalo and with uh, the Rams. So I don't know whether to turn it into a conversation on whether or not to, to play, whether or not to not to play. Usually in a lot of these cases... We always want to go out of an abundance of caution. My thought would be on this to, to not play. To maybe wait, see what happens, test them again tomorrow. It looks like they're going to do daily testing here to make sure the NFL is not messing around with this, as they shouldn't, as nobody should, to do daily testing to figure out exactly what's going on with this and what can happen. Because the Tennessee thing, the, the reason why I say it about this is because the Tennessee thing throws you off. Because you've still had, after the after the first round of tests that came back positive, you've still had other people turn back positive. So I don't know if you want to really risk where you could take a game off, and if everybody in Kansas City's okay, and everybody else other than Cam in New England is okay, then fine, you make it up later. If you take one game off instead of going to Kansas City, God forbid you infect two teams, then all of a sudden you have problems. I, I think that for both of those teams, they have done what they wanted to do to get ready for this game. I bet both those teams want to play it. But I think the safe decision would be to make sure to not play that football game. As much as we want to see it, the safe decision would be to not play that football game. I just don't know, and I wish I did. And I think a lot of people are doing the same thing. We want to see more NFL football. They're going to do with it what they can to power through this season. Any way they possibly can do it, they're going to try to continue to do it. I think we've seen that in college football as well, that they're going to get those games on the field. They're going to try to play them. But for the NFL and where you are dealing with paid professionals, guys who need their game checks, where you can treat it as a bye week to start things off, it's going to be imperative that you probably do what's in the best interest to safety. If they decide to play the games, I'll be nervous. If they decide to play that game, I'll be a little bit nervous. I don't know if I'm going to go popping off from the from the from the sky saying how terrible and how, how disrespectful or how irresponsible it might be. I don't think I'm going to do something like that. But I think I would look at it and, go, and and be a little bit nervous about what's to happen for the future and kind of hold my breath on both those teams because I don't want to take a week four matchup and turning it into something that affects week five, week six, maybe week seven affects two teams instead of one. I don't think I want to do something like that. So I think this is an early test for the NFL on how to be careful about this, how to be respectful about this, and do this. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. It's, it's a tough conversation to have about whether to play, but I think they probably have to sit this thing out. And if they do, if they do play and they do get it up and they do play it fine, I'll be happier in hell. Not trying to do what a lot of people think you're going to do, what a lot of people think media is trying to do. That's not what I'm trying to say. 
I just don't know enough to say, yep, they definitely should play the game. Let me get to Joe in Colorado. He's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hello, Joe. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for taking my call. Glad to have uh, you. I just I agree that I don't think they should play. Not because there's probably all of them are healthy and nothing might happen at all, but the risk is so high that if you keep on having all these games being pushed back, because if it happens again and again and again, you, the football season could end up being until March. It could end up being until April. So, you know, we got to protect these players and protect Cam Newton. I mean, we're not just Cam Newton, Patrick Mahomes, course, all the superstars, because next week you don't want it to go on and keep going on, and Kansas City can't play next week. Oh, it's so weird because, you know, Joe, Joe, I, I was encouraged when I saw the Tennessee thing and I saw that the Vikings continued to have negative tests, negative and negative and negative rounds of tests, it was encouraging to see because I go, okay, these guys were running into each other. This is body-on-body contact over here, and they're negative. Hey, that makes you feel good, but it doesn't mean that all of a sudden we can get cavalier with this and decide to start throwing people out there. Like I think that's where the NFL has been very heavy-handed, and rightfully so, about making sure that all the ducks are in order because now when you look at the Titans, I think you start to question whether or not how it affects the Bills game that's coming up in week five. So I, I would agree exactly. with you. I, I would agree with you. It's what does week four matter in the grand scheme of things if I can reschedule this thing and then play it later on if I can just make sure that everybody's okay. If it comes back that everybody's negative in New England tomorrow and Monday and they move on and they decide to play their next week's opponent, it is going to feel like a waste to some people, but I really do think it's the proper precautions. Yeah, because these dudes are still people. You know, at the end of the day, they still have families outside of the sport. Just because they're getting paid millions of dollars don't mean that you can't value a human's life and protect these guys. Well, like, and I really right. believe in that. You're right, and especially where the, it's – and, Joe, thank you for the call. The people are the product there. I mean, that's what you're selling are the people. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Coming up in just over 20 minutes, we do Worker Shoot. And you saw David Carr. I saw Tim Couch. I'm just saying the Bengals need to consider this. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.